Welcome to Rivers in the Wasteland. I'm your host, Amanda Williams, and today I'm going to continue with our series, God Winks. I'm going to share another story of a time where I experienced God do something at such a specific moment that I knew it was Him communicating something just for me. Have you ever had a year that was just a little bit tight financially? I know, I know. None of you can relate. I'm just kidding. Everyone probably can relate. You know, finances ebb and flow. Some years are really great. Some years are really tight. And I feel like everybody experiences that. It's kind of crazy that it's almost been two years since we moved from Arizona to Kansas City. But the year that we moved, we experienced a huge fluctuation with our finances because we sold our home in Arizona at a time where the market was really high. So I think that we sold our home for almost double what we paid for it. Now we used a majority of that money to put into the new home that we bought here in Kansas City. But then of course we kept a good amount also because we just didn't really know what living expenses would be like in the new home. We needed to buy a second car for my husband, Eric, and so we held some money aside for that, and we wanted to replenish our savings and all of the things. You know, when you have a chunk of money, you kind of think that it's going to do a million different things. You're going to get to pad your savings. You're going to get to catch up on your kids' college funds that you have set up, and you're going to get to catch up on your retirement that you didn't get to do that year, and all of these things that you think that this money will go towards And in all reality, it's actually gone pretty fast. And so we were in a situation where we moved. We got into our new home after being in a condo for a couple months. And we finally started to furnish our house and get in the groove of being here in Kansas City. And it's kind of crazy because I feel like at the time that we moved, living expenses also increased, gas increased. I just feel like living was expensive And then when we moved here, we had our third child. She was three months old. And then about six months into being here, we got pregnant with our fourth. With living expenses increasing, another kid, a bigger home, bigger expenses that came with the bigger home, all of the things, we just found ourselves in a place where we were tight. And I will admit, since we moved, and I don't think it's any secret that I have struggled with the move, um, I'm happy here in Kansas City. I definitely am, but it took me a while to get there. And I will say, I'm not proud of this, but the first year that we were here, I probably did a little bit more emotional spending than I would like to admit. I saw this thing on Instagram once. It was a meme that just said, it was like, therapist, what do you do when you're feeling sad? And then the person add to cart and then the therapist says no. <laughs> but isn't it funny how sometimes just buying something can just put a little pep in your step? So I probably found myself doing that a little bit more often than I should have. And so that was definitely a factor. So Eric and I finally started feeling like we were noticing where we were more, being honest with ourselves more about where we were. And so we started to get on a very uh, strict budget with our food, not eating out, except we always eat Chick-fil-A on Saturdays after church. Our church meets on Saturdays. So we always get to have the Lord's chicken afterwards. It's amazing. 
it was one of those things that when we were in, um, when we were doing church on Sundays, it just seems like I always wanted Chick-fil-A after church. And now we get to have that. It's pretty amazing. Anyways, so we always factored that into our budget, but we were pretty strict about only eating out that one time a week. And so being more mindful of those food expenses was a game changer. I don't know if you've ever looked at your food budget, if you eat out a lot, but if you've ever done that, oh my gosh, it's insane how much you can spend on food if you're eating out multiple times a week. And it always hurts a little bit when one of your kids goes from just being able to share some fries and maybe your nugget or two to actually wanting more of an actual meal. And so, you know, you have to start to be strategic about things. Anyways, we got into a place where we were being more strict about our food expenses, and it really got me looking at where we were spending all of our money. And then it got me looking at when our money was being spent. And I noticed that all of our bills tended to come out at the beginning of the month. And if you get paid twice a month and all of your bills come out at the beginning of the month, then you're kind of constantly in this catch-up cycle because you're spending too much at the beginning of the month, but then you're paying for, you know, paying off your credit card or, you know, doing whatever you're doing to catch up in the middle of the month. But it's never easy to look at it all that way because you're just kind of always catching up. So anyways, I started calling all of our bill payers to try and see if I could move due date to the middle of the month just to make it more clear for us to see it all. And so we would have like cash set aside at the beginning of the month, not like physical cash, but you know, an actual budget because we're not ones to do the cash thing. Uh, Mostly because I do online pickup a lot and that just doesn't work. I wish there was a thing that said, I will pay you when I get there, please take my cash, but there's not. And so I was calling all of our payers, you know, it's just um, really humbling when you have to do that, when you have to call all of your bill payers to ask them if you can change when you're paying just to make things easier. And it wasn't like we didn't have the money because we did. It was just so lopsided at the beginning of the month. And so anyways, we were just trying to be smarter with how everything was shaking out in our budget. And I was looking over our accounts one day and honestly, I kind of just put my head down and got into full on budget mode. And if you've ever done that, you know that it can quickly become an obsession. You start to just watch where every dollar is going. It just becomes a whole thing. It's like you eat and sleep and breathe your budget and where everything is going. And so I was so tired of doing that and still feeling like we just weren't doing enough to get back on track. And honestly, I was standing in my kitchen one day and I just felt a lot of shame and embarrassment because I knew that I had been part of the problem. And I don't know if you've ever been in the place in your marriage or your household where you have been the one spending too much money, but I I knew it. Like I just knew that I had made some really poor emotional spending decisions and It was a tough pill to swallow. Honestly, it was humbling. It was embarrassing. I was ashamed. And I was standing in my kitchen and I was thinking about how it was all my fault and just feeling frustrated because I had come so far. Uh, Something about me and Eric is when we were way before we had kids or a couple of years before we had kids, we got in this boat where we were going to pay off all of our debt. We had read The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And we paid off $52,000 worth of debt in two years, 
We were so strict on our budget, and some of you listening may have known us during this season. We were so disciplined, incredibly disciplined. We ate peanut butter and jelly every day, almost like I had this tiny little crock pot that I was obsessed with that I took to work with me so I could slow cook my leftovers at lunch because we didn't have a microwave. I was so determined to not spend extra money so that we could pay off debt. It was all of Eric's school loans and it was a car that we had bought and uh, we did it. In two years, we did it. And then we used our super discipline to save up $10,000 to go backpacking in Europe. And we just were on it. We were so on it. And I was so proud of that. We were so disciplined for so long. And even before we had kids, like we were so disciplined with our IRA savings. We maxed that out every year for a couple of years and put away a pretty good amount. And uh, it was just something that was really important to us for a long time. So I was standing in my kitchen just having this moment because I had fallen so far from that. And I started to cry. I had tears in my eyes. I was looking over our bank accounts and then something happened. And I still to this day cannot believe that this happened at the exact moment that it happened. So I'm standing there, tears in my eyes, looking over our accounts. And then all of a sudden I get an email. And you know, when you're looking at your phone, an email pops up and you kind of get a notification and you can see who it's from and you can see the subject line. And so I saw an email from my health share company. We had just switched a couple months prior. So I was still getting used to the whole system, where to pay, what to pay, all of that. And I got an email and all it said was Samaritan's health share ministry and overpayment. And At first, I thought, oh my gosh, am I overdue on a payment? That would be horrible. At that moment, it would have been awful. But then I clicked on the email, and it wasn't overdue on a payment. I overpaid by double our monthly premium. It was $650, I think, that month that we owed. And I was getting used to the system, how to pay. And their system is a little unique to get used to. So I paid it. And I was confident that it went through, but it didn't show it went through. So I did the whole thing again. And I guess I didn't realize that I did it twice. So I over, I double paid $650 that month. And I, you know, going over all our budget and looking at everything, I can't believe that I missed that I double paid. But in this moment that I was standing there in my kitchen crying, filled with shame and guilt and embarrassment, I get an email that tells me I'm going to get a refund for $650. It was crazy. I cannot deny the timing. I burst into tears. It was almost like God was sitting up in heaven watching me about to cry, going, oh, no, 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 no. Don't cry, Amanda. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. You made a mistake, but I got you. Like, it's okay. It's okay. I can't deny the timing. That email could have come at any moment, on any day, any time. But it came when I was standing in my kitchen, feeling all of those things. And honestly, I started to feel a little suffocated. When you have a family and you get to a point when you don't really feel like you have a savings anymore or anything like that, it starts to feel uh, really heavy. And I had started to feel all of that. It was almost like God, the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, all sitting there watching this happen and almost like, oh, Jesus is like, hey, 
hey, dad, can you send an email right now? Like, she really needs it like now. Go ahead, press that button. And then it comes through. Like, obviously, like, that totally is not what happened. But I could totally picture it. Like, like they're all just up there like, oh, no, no, no. Like, it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. He saw me in my kitchen and he did something so specific to communicate to me that we were going to be fine. And that money made all the difference in the world to get us to the next paycheck. And then the next month, it was crazy because we got a $700 random payment from the state of Arizona for taxes, like a refund that I didn't expect. So in those two pay periods back to back, we ended up getting that refund, those two refunds. And it just felt like it was divine timing because we were doing everything that we felt like we were doing. And it just wasn't enough. And then God was like, no, 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 no. here you go. Here you go. It's fine. It's going to be okay. I was thinking about this story and how there's no scripture in the Bible that says God winks are actually a thing. I don't have a scripture saying that, that, that he does them. I really don't. But I do remember the life of Jesus. And I do know in the Gospels, there's plenty of times where Jesus does things because he sees people where they are. And he always meets them exactly where they are. He didn't see the woman at the well and go up to her and start talking about how she should be paying her tithe. He didn't do that. He came up to her, started talking about how she should take a drink from the living water that he had. He talked to her about the life that she was living and how she should come out of it. He didn't go to people and just completely go off the rails and start talking about something that didn't even apply. He met them where they were. There were multiple times where he makes it a point to show people that he sees them. And that's what I think a God wink is. He's showing us that he sees us and he communicates something to us in special ways that we cannot deny. One story that sticks out to me is when Jesus calls Nathaniel. Nathaniel ended up being one of Jesus's closest followers. In the book of John, chapter 1, verse 47, it simply says, When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, Here it truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Prior to this, Philip had told Nathaniel about Jesus, and Nathaniel seemed less than impressed at his declaration that Jesus was the Messiah. But after Jesus tells him that he saw him under the fig tree, he says, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. He knew. He connected in that moment to Jesus because Jesus showed him that he saw him where he was. Now, we don't know what was going on under the fig tree while Nathaniel was sitting there. And I don't know if you guys watched The Chosen. If you haven't watched The Chosen, it's a series on Jesus's life. And it is probably the most well done portrayal of his life that I have ever seen. I love it. I'm a big fan. And uh, sometimes they take creative liberties with things that we don't know from scripture. I feel like they are very biblically accurate about the things that they're actually like the stories that are going on. But then there's some times in scripture where we just don't know. So they kind of sometimes, I think, try to fill in the blanks for us. And so there's an episode where Nathaniel is sitting under the fig tree. You can tell that he's distraught and he's having a time of prayer. And I'm actually going to put the link to this clip in the show notes so that you can see how they portray it because it's just so powerful. 
And then not long after that, it shows just as the scripture does that Jesus meets him and he tells him that he saw him there and Nathaniel connects so deeply in his spirit to Jesus and he knows he is the Messiah. Jesus had a way of doing that when he was here on earth. He saw people. He met their physical and spiritual needs. God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all active today in our lives, communicating in various ways that we are seen. I really want to encourage you all to start paying attention in the coming days to see if you notice anything like this happening for you. If you do, celebrate it. Share it with others because they may not be huge moves of God where someone is parting the Red Sea, but they are still testimonies of his faithfulness and those are worth sharing with everyone. I don't want to get stuck in this podcast feeling like every episode has to be some huge move of God because I think that when we do that, it limits us and we start to feel discouraged when we're going through life and things are just kind of normal and we're not seeing huge moves and then we kind of get stuck in the mode of thinking that God is not working and God is not moving when realistically he is involved in every fiber of our lives. He's involved in everything. He's working in everything. I truly believe that. And so let's take time to focus on and celebrate these stories, these small testimonies of his faithfulness. And let's talk about them. Share them with each other. Share them with me. If you're on social media, you can find me on Instagram. I have an Instagram page. It's Rivers in the Wasteland. You have to put a period in between each of the words. So it's rivers.in.the.wasteland. I tried to get the other one, like the regular one, but somebody else had it. And I actually even emailed her to see if she would release the handle because she hasn't done anything with it in years. And she never even looked at the message, which further proves my point that she should give it up to me. But anyways, so if you want to reach out to me, go to Instagram, Rivers in the Wasteland with a period in between each word. I'm also on Facebook. Rivers in the Wasteland is my Facebook page. You can find me there. But please, I would love to hear your stories of God winks. They are so important. They build our faith. They're important for us to remember. I truly, truly believe that. Thank you for joining me today. If this episode resonated with you or if this podcast has been a blessing in your life, please leave a rating or a review on your favorite platform. And don't forget to subscribe so you'll be notified of all upcoming episodes. Remember that God is at work today in mighty ways ready to make rivers in the wasteland. If He can do it for me, I know He can do it for you.